0: We at Global Nomad Hacks are peace heroes. By playing Peace and Harmony Program during this episode, we help create one million pockets of peace by dissolving stress and tension. To be your own peace hero and get your own copy, go to peaceandharmonydownload.com. Welcome back to Global Nomad Hacks. Today, I'm very excited to introduce to you someone who is providing a very essential service that a lot of us as global nomads are always in search of, insurance, that sort of evil thing that you forget about until you really, really need it. Andrew Jernigan is one of the founders of Insured Nomads, and he is joining us today from Rio de Janeiro. Welcome, Andrew.
1: Why, thank you. It's great to be with you.
0: So, I'm so happy that you're able to. You know, I love the internet and the fact that we can connect this way. Today, I've already been in Amsterdam, Wales, Scotland, and now Rio de Janeiro. And I'm here in San Francisco. I love it. It's wonderful.
1: (laughs) Sounds like our, our life, right? As citizens of the world.
0: Absolutely. So, can you tell us a little bit about insured nomads and how you came to be working in this space? Have you always been in insurance, or is this something you sort of fell into because of your lifestyle?
1: I actually, yes, it is because of the lifestyle and from a compassionate heart decided I am going to become a risk management professional. <laughs> and I'd seen my wife being a travel med doc, global health specialist, you know, I had seen the, the expats die and leave their wife and kids stuck without even money to buy a plane ticket home. I'd seen the folks say, Hey, can you help me? Because I don't have insurance and they'd come to my wife as we live overseas and just story after story, you know, the $2 million claim because they got cerebral malaria and their insurance was too weak, you know, which is, is a common thing because, Hey, we're looking at price. We don't read the fine print. So years later from working in the travel assistance crisis response industry for a while, brokering over 30 of the international insurance companies, I and a group of others have founded insured nomads. To issue our own products in health, international term life insurance, disability, and travel insurance.
0: That's awesome, and it's so incredibly needed. And I guess, um, you know, I guess now it's really the biggest challenge is how do people find you? Because I think, you know, when you're doing a when you're getting ready for you know living abroad or you're transitioning to an, another country, you're often looking at Individual policies or add-on policies and just understanding what the verbiage is for doing a, a Google search to find you right I, you know what have been some of the challenges in launching something like insured nomads?
1: Well, actually, one of the major challenges is product development, and finding the underwriters, the reinsurance companies the the various pieces that are willing to take on the risk mm-hmm. at the level that we want to insure people without charging. The absurd rates. The second obstacle, I guess, is providing the customer service that people are expecting currently, because insurance traditionally is a pain to deal with. So that gives that distrust factor. So eliminating that has been one of our highest priorities. I know you're probably thinking, you know, how do you overcome the Google search, getting up there and the best results? But no, that's not really the, the challenge that we're looking to overcome. Because we want to make sure we are solving the problem. And the problem for us first isn't how do people find us. Mm -hmm. It's how do we care for people best? Whether that's using the chat software that they're used to using. If that's WeChat, if that's Line, if that's WhatsApp, if that's Facebook Messenger, many countries, those are blocked. So we've got to adjust to the region of the world that they're in. And uh, making sure that claims are paid swiftly. And that our documents aren't fine print, that you can Control Left search it and easily find it without getting a magnifying glass to read it. <laughs> you know who likes documents that are columned? You know you got to go to the bottom of the page and page up again. And why do insurance companies do that? So you know there's so many examples of how we would we are trying to reinvent how it's done, so that one you pay less but get five times as much. Our primary competitor in the space is, you know, their underwriter is nationwide. That's not how they're branded, but in the fine print of the policy wording, you'll see that it's underwritten by nationwide. Mm -hmm. And then the claims response is handled by Generali, which is an Italian powerhouse in claims service. But yet you pay twice as much for it than our policy and it's a 250,000 medical max where hours is 1 million. Now, sure, it's a rare thing to have to need a million dollars in coverage on your travels. But you're actually paying less for hours and getting much more. So, those are a few examples of the challenges that we're overcoming
0: do you have to link in with, I would imagine you have to do some kind of collaboration within existing medical systems across different countries. I mean, is there, for example, I'll use myself as an example. So I'm an American citizen and a Swedish citizen. So when I travel in Europe, I'm covered by nature by the Swedish healthcare system. But when I'm in the US, I'm covered by local you know, healthcare system, which of course costs me 10 times as much and I don't get any service at all. But that's a whole nother issue. But, if I travel to any of the regions outside of that, then I have to get just like a travel insurance, which really doesn't cover very much at all in general i mean it's and and if, particularly if you're doing something like skiing where they all of a sudden say, "Oh no, that's high risk sport <laughs> you're not, this right. doesn't cover you <laughs> sorry, <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: so I mean, when people are moving around, I would imagine that there's got to be some kind of continuity that makes sure that the coverage is there for you if you are in Africa, and you get malaria, for example, and then you're moving to, you know, to Singapore after that, for example.
1: Yeah, it's so calling us the 24 hour medical emergency response to say, hey, this hospital is best if you're in this city, go there, you're going to be covered no matter where you go, no matter in any of our plans, you're not required to go to one particular hospital, which is nice, because many do restrict you to their preferred provider network. Now, it's, we know that it's easier if you go to the better hospital. And when you're new in a town, it could have happened the first 24 hours you're in the city to where you're saying, help, where do I go? So we'd much rather you call us and we tell you, hey, go to this hospital. They've got great doctors and they're not going to rip you off because you're a foreigner. So yeah, that's, that's the easy answer. Give us a call. And if, when you're under an emergency and we'll guide you through the process.
0: Yeah. And I'm just thinking because I know you have kids as well, right? You have, you have three kids, am I correct?
1: I do. I do. And, and they've grown up around the world. We've lived on five continents and many countries within those.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's different, there's obviously different things that you go through in terms of using healthcare systems and where, you know, when you need extra insurance versus no insurance, for example, childbirth or versus, you know, an accident versus just general healthcare and vaccinations. Are those all different layers of coverage in the way that you work it, or is this all part of just general healthcare? Can you explain to me? I'm I'm a newbie. I'm not Absolutely. an insurance person, so I'm curious right. as to how that kind of thing is managed within a global healthcare system.
1: Well, if you know, travel insurance is generally for a trip,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and interestingly enough, many of the people that listen to this great podcast aren't tripping. I mean, they're not on a trip they're actually in a lifestyle of, of living outside their passport country. And when that's the case, you don't want something that's more secondary to your home coverage. Travel insurance would love to just say, Hey, we're going to pay for you to go home so that that home healthcare system, whether it's Sweden or U S or socialized in Brazil, where I am, where that healthcare system will take care of you. So sure. They'll, they'll cover medical evacuation to get you to your home country. It's seen as a wonderful benefit, but it's also a benefit to the insurance company to get you where you have your primary coverage. Of course, a lot of times people don't have insurance in their home country or their home country may not be where they want to get covered or cared for. So when you're in, you mentioned maternity. I'll just use ourselves as as an example, as you did. We were living in Ghana, West Africa years ago. Moved there when my oldest was three years old. My daughter was three months old. And our third child was born there. So we had Aetna paying them a nice $876 a month for about five years. So they walked away with about $60,000. We had one claim, and that was a birth of a child that was not born in Ghana. The birth cost about $5,000, and our deductible was (laughs) $3,500. So even in the claim that we made, the one claim we made over five years, we paid more than they did. So, but we rolled our SUV at a time we, you know, had many, you know, from typhoid to malaria many times. And I've seen a malaria claim go cerebral and hit $2.2 million. So sure, 60000 is nothing compared to being stuck with a GoFundMe account to pay it. So... Having maternity benefits is, sure, one of the obvious reasons to have an, an international health insurance plan versus travel insurance, but this is the one that people don't think about a, a lot of times. If you're diagnosed with a major illness while you have travel insurance, at the end of that travel insurance policy, it's over, and that illness is now a pre-existing condition. So say for some reason, like, a client of ours it was in his twenties. He bought an international health insurance policy with us about a thousand dollars a year. He went to the hospital with a headache. They determined he had a brain tumor. He now has been able to renew that same policy because it's an annual health insurance plan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end when the, when that date of original, Oh, when's your trip over? no, It comes up for renewal and it can keep on going and anything that happened is included. So if you anticipate living a global lifestyle year after year, consider investing in health insurance, because when you look at how we spend our money, often you can see how we, how much we value ourselves or you see what you value in life. When you look at your checkbook, your bank account, if you value entertaining, you see beautiful platters and dining room tables and candelabras and or bills for restaurants. If you value your life and your health, a lot of times you have insurance.
0: Well, and I think, you know, right now, a lot of people are are sort of wondering where that stands. And there's all of this, you know, is pandemic covered by insurance? What happens if you were in another country when, you know when there's a lockdown and you get sick there and you end up in you know intensive care in an ICU in some in a different country away from the rest of your family and i mean these are all issues that we don't really think of until they hit us often and sometimes we fly by the seat of our pants and that's i think a pretty normal reaction until something happens and then all of a sudden it's the first thing you think of when you make a travel plan or a a move plan is am i covered Right. But how because of the pandemic, has that changed the way people think about am I covered? Or is that something Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's it's changed the mindset of of folks. Which is interesting because when you look at the percentages, if you're healthy, you're probably not in an at risk group to actually get sick. You're maybe transmitting it more than actually have at risk at at becoming deathly ill with it. But it's brought an awareness of our physical aspects of, oh, if I could get this flu, I might could actually get something else. So I should probably get insurance. So yes, the awareness of our, our frailty has come to everyone's attention.
0: How does that also, I mean, right now where there's also the big conversation about mental health and how that is, That's going to be the next crisis after the pandemic, and it's already we're seeing a huge uptick in suicide and and depression and all the other existing conditions that are related to mental health. And depending on the policy, sometimes those things are covered, and sometimes they're not. Is that something that you have found people are concerned about? Is that something that you guys cover, or how how does that? It's
1: something. It's something we're very passionate about. Travel insurance never covers anything that's behavioral health, mental health, across the industry. International health insurance often does, and our policies do. And I, I really encourage anyone that is thinking of living outside a culture that other than their own original culture, that they realize that their weaknesses are going to be forefront to them. The things that they normally would feed their emotions with aren't there whether that's a Chick-fil-A or a Krispy Kreme or your favorite Turkish sweet if you grew up in Turkey or your, you know, you name it. Those emotional factors of visiting that best friend or being even on their radar won't be there when you're out of sight. So mental health is something really to deal with before you hit the road if possible. And if you've already hit the road, go ahead and take care of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, this is, I picked up something that has become a mantra in my life. When I was in Joburg in South Africa, I picked up a book in the bookstore and I, the book had so many meaningful aspects that I said, I've got to find a summary sentence. And it became a mantra that hurry is my enemy. Mm. Because I just had the year before I'd had an, had open heart surgery and and a heart attack. And it was only stress-related as I was working across time zones and managing a multinational organization. And since then, it's been in my forefront, really, in front of me and telling my kids to tell me that hurry is my enemy.
0: Hmm. I like that. We've
1: got to maintain and do great self-care. And I'm I'm glad you cover that a lot of times during your episodes.
0: Well, I think it's really important. And particularly when you're Living a lifestyle that's really based on being out of your comfort zone at all times. And we often sort of thrive on that. I would say that, you know, global nomads are sort of junkies for being out of their comfort zone. It's sort of like, oh, it's new, it's exciting. But there are pieces to that that, you know, when things go wrong, you know, that's all fine and good when everything's good. But all it takes is one little thing, like a pandemic, which is not such a little thing. But all it takes is one thing that can trigger. And whether it could even be something that's not around you, it could be something that someone from home is ill. And then your sort of your whole world is, is changed. It's, uh, you know, your, your perspective of where do I need to be? What's really important? Those can trigger all kinds of different childhood trauma, current trauma, or God forbid that something, an incident happen when you're traveling abroad that can be, you know, it can be very full of trauma. And if you don't have the support system there that can be very damaging, lifetime damaging if you don't deal with it right away. So, I think it's really important to to be thinking about mental health and self-care and and also just the not just the heavy side of it, but also the part of, you know, taking the opportunity to appreciate what's around you and just to breathe and and have a gratitude practice and like go through the transformation of experiencing what you're experiencing because I think often as nomads, sometimes we move around so much that we sort of, you know, it just becomes another day in another city, rather than, you know, looking at it with fresh eyes each time. And I find that I sort of slow down, you know, sort of hurry is your enemy, as you were saying, I find I slow myself down a lot and actually end up canceling travel when I stop appreciating it. So there has definitely been events or trips that I've said no to, Because I all of a sudden realize I'm just tired. It's Mm -hmm. not fun anymore. It's not exciting anymore. And then why am I doing it? And it's important to take the time to acknowledge that and appreciate that and sort of say, okay, well, maybe it's time to just appreciate where I am and just being in the moment, right?
1: Right. So, you know, with an international health insurance policy that covers counseling sessions. That's great. traumatic event takes place is incredible. Cause you know, I, as I hear you speak, I think of people that have you know been assaulted and raped living in another country. And, and just the stories start coming to mind is sadly in dealing with this of, Hey, we didn't have insurance and this happened. Can we get insured now? And it's like, yes, absolutely. But I sure wish you had had it. So we could have been caring for you along the way, yeah, because it's not about the insurance, it's about caring for the individual.:
0: Yeah, for sure. I have a, a quick question for you, just more around because I mean, of course, if you can get your insurance that covers you around the globe for you know a thousand dollars, what's to say that you don't just get that instead of getting your local insurance, or does it not cover you in your home country?
1: It generally is covering you if you spend most of the year outside your home country, Mm -hmm. or you intend to, which in a case like a travel lockdown where people unintentionally had to return to their home country, it's nice to have a policy that doesn't have limitations on the amount of time you can spend in your home country. Mm -hmm. Some are 30 days, 90 days, 180 days. Hours are actually unlimited as long as you're intending to spend that most of the year outside your home country, which is very unusual. Yeah. But unusual things happen in our life. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Whether it's the death of a parent and it takes seven months to settle the estate or you name it, funds run out. And it takes a while when you land back in your home country to get a new job. Yeah. And you've paid for your insurance and you can rest. So because of the way regulations are, That's why there are limitations on that structure of, you know, where you're domiciled. Mm -hmm. Group policies for small teams, whether it's five people or, you know, 4,000 employees, those you can have the college-age student on the plan that's 100% in, say, the U.S. in college while the parents are on their international assignment in Paris. So there are exceptions in that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would think that that's exactly that kind of scenario that we see more and more of, particularly where you have kids that are, you know, raised in a different country than their native country, and maybe they want to go back to their native country, which they maybe haven't spent very much time in at all, but they want to go there for college and then go back. Or or even if it's a semester or a year abroad, I know my nephew, one of my Swedish nephews, he, during his college years, I think he spent. It was a different country every year. It was part of his program, and so he was in Hong Kong, and then he was in London, and then he was in New York, and then he was back in Sweden, and then of course he ended up going to graduate school in New York. And where is he now? I think he's actually back in Sweden. Then anyway, I mean, the point is, when you raise kids in an environment where they're used to living in different countries, they're of course going to be inclined to be as mobile as that. And so to be able to provide them the flexibility and the coverage so that, and the peace of mind for us as parents to know that they're going to be covered and they're going to be okay is a beautiful thing.
1: It is. It's, it's raising the cross culture kid or third culture kid. TCK is the acronym for it. And having Mm -hmm. raised three of those, it's, it is, or in the process of doing that. It's, it's one of those where my oldest is going off to university this fall and in his college admissions essay he wrote that he's a global nomad and i had the the freedom luckily he handed his essay his handwritten essay for me to read before he submitted it and it was beautiful but it has its its challenges and one more reason why if you're raising kids cross culturally to make sure you've got mental health on there mm-hmm. because it's not easy no sure you're raising a potential world changer that may go off and major in something incredible, but you're also pulling them around the world. And a lot of times it's not by their choosing, especially as they're going through developmental changes and throwing it in your face that it's not their choosing where even if you were in their home country, things wouldn't be of their choosing. So as a parent, you've got to listen to it hearing it from both sides that no matter where in the world they are, they're developing and nothing would be the parent's choice. Would be what they would want. So it's hearing it from a balanced perspective, but also having access to life coaching, counseling, growth scenarios for them during the process.
0: Oh, for sure. I have a son that's about the same age. He he graduated last year, and uh, we were just he's actually fortunately right before the lockdown ended up coming back because a job had fallen through. He was supposed to actually be in Copenhagen, so it was quite a relief to actually have him here during the quarantine. But we were talking at dinner last night, and he was saying how he's just never felt like he fit in. There's no, like, at any, at no point in his life had he felt like he fit in, whether he was in Sweden or whether he's in the US. And I mean, I look at my two kids, and one of them is, she, my daughter is so American, and my son is so Swedish. And they're only- But yet ni- they're neither,
1: they're, And yet right? they're neither,
0: and they're 19 months apart. I mean, you would think, like, of course, you know, they're going to be just the same, but they're, but they're not. I mean, they both- have, you know, and they probably spent equal parts of their life in time in uh, Sweden and in the U.S. and then in France. So they they sort of just they sit somewhere in that in between space. I think it, you're absolutely right. It's so important to to listen to them and then just to be you know aware how to support them and to find if they need it the therapy or the guidance to to help them find make those choices. I wanted to take a, a quick swerve a little bit because I want to hear a little bit about, more about your story because it's fascinating, and I think you know what your wife is doing is really interesting. And you guys have lived in how many countries?
1: Oh, spur of the moment question. I'm not sure Sorry. how many countries. I know five <laughs> continents, and I've I would say I've lived in ten countries. Ten countries. And so, yes.
0: And d- did you meet your wife in your native country, or were you already a nomad no. when you met?
1: Uh, actually someone from one of her friends came to the U S and told me about her that day. I told my best friend, I just heard about the girl I'm going to marry. Oh, wow. Then I happened to be in Scotland when she came to the U S she had dinner with my parents at my parents' house. She went out to Panera bread for coffee and, and bagels with that best friend and his fiance. They called Scotland and said, you've got to marry this girl. I was like, I know. I've just got to meet her first. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we had already, you know, we had gone, when I left the U.S., I had gone to one one phone call a week. This is before the days of unlimited internet. This was dial-up, and it was, you paid per baud. I'm mm-hmm. uh, speaking <laughs> a foreign language for some people I know, but you you paid per baud. You know? so I remember
0: those days. <laughs>
1: I did fly over and meet her, and she picked me up by herself at the airport and i It's the first time to ever meet her that long drive from the international airport into the city of who is a stranger that i've I'm committing to marry, and it really is good because marriage is a any relationship marriage or friendship is or with your siblings it's a commitment to love hmm it's a commitment to be there for your kids. It's not a feeling that, Oh, I'm going to be there for my son. No, it's a commitment to be there for your son. And so it's a commitment to be there for your friend. So from the very beginning, we were, we had made that choice If this is a commitment that we've made, even though we're from different cultures, different language, different experiences. She had been to places skiing in the U S and living in Europe before i had ever met her that I had never been to there's still places in the world I've been to that she hasn't. And we, it's like, Oh, I want to take you here. And she's like, Oh, I want to take you to, to Florence. You've never been there. I was like, yes, but I love Venice. <laughs> so it's, it's a fascinating and fun life that happens many times once you've been exposed internationally, that you marry someone from another culture.
0: Absolutely. And where is she from originally?
1: She's from Brazil,
0: oh she's from brazil, oh so you're you've actually repatriated for her at this point,
1: yes, we've done uh-huh. that for each other a number of times. I believe this is my fourth time to live in Brazil.
0: okay, so I have another question totally non insurance related because i've this is something that I've always found fascinating with my in my own relationship and in other conversations with people that are in dual cultural relationships in that is for for us, I find that we do our best when we're in neutral territory. So it's neither my culture, nor my partner's, nor my husband's culture. Now we've been married today is actually our 20th anniversary.
1: Ah, you've got me by a year. We're at 19 years.
0: Yeah, there you go. Congratulations. So of course, we've spent time living in Sweden. We've spent time living in the US. We're in the process of now that our kids are in launch phase, we're in the process of moving to France for at least half time, because that's neutral for us. And I think that's where we do our best, because we're both in curiosity, like, you know, everything is new and fresh, and there's no one that's at an advantage. Now, that's not to say that we've made each other feel like at a disadvantage. But in a conversation I was having earlier in an interview was that when it's not your native language, you can learn the language and be completely fluent. But if you haven't grown up in that culture, there's so many references and things like that, that you miss part of, you know, sort of the humor and the there's parts of the, the translation that are lost. And it's also hard for you to truly be your, you know, to express your personality because that's lost in translation as well. And so being in that neutral space you're both a little bit awkward. <laughs> so I'm right. just curious as to whether you've experienced the same
1: thing. Absolutely. We my culture shock was in moving to Brazil and spending a little over 2 years in Brazil before she got to move to Boston and spend in the winter <laughs> and spend about 2 years in the US before we then moved to Ghana, West Africa. And so we had each gone through culture shock in our home cultures. uh, Well, in our spouse's home cultures. Mm -hmm. And then we got to go through culture shock together in another place. And we've done that in other countries now since. But when you describe that scenario, it, it brings back the almost four years in Ghana where we were both, having to learn the idiosyncrasies of the culture and the language and experience it fresh together, where it certainly was a neutral ground to where sure you're having to deal with your own differences, but you're also having to deal with the cultural differences together.
0: Yeah. I I mean, it's an amazing, it's a, it's a great bonding experience as, as a couple and as a family, of course. And, and I think, you know, for our kids, I remember when we first started taking them to France, they were quite small when we were living in Sweden. And, you know, to them, it was just normal. It was sort of where we went and skied. And, and now we have a place there. And the first year that we took them, they were younger teenagers. And they were like, oh, this is a drag. We have to get on another plane and go to France. And they were whining about it. And <laughs> so going, I can't believe mm-hmm. that my kids are complaining about going to France. Like most kids would die to do this. And then they came home and they started telling their friends about you know, where they'd been over the summer and they saw their friend's eyes light up of, wow, that's what you did. I want to come visit you there. All of a sudden, the house in France became this really cool thing because it was through somebody else's eyes. They're like, wow, that's something different. I'm unique.
1: Right. That's cool. I, don't I, I think it's valid to, to bring up that our eyes can be glazed over many times to not see what others see kind of like your kid's reflection but in our own lives wherever we are a lot of times I ask oh how did you like it in blank it's like well there're good days and bad days you know but when you host someone whether it's your original hometown or the the town that is hosting you you see things differently when you're hosting someone Mm -hmm. So if we could see things differently when we're not hosting someone, if we could wipe the haze from our eyes and see the, the joy of it in the face of the frustrations, I think that's crucial because whether we're talking about, you know, how's life in Indianapolis versus how's life in, in Cape town, you know, it's an inside question. Yeah. Of, is the cup half full or half empty? For sure. You know, how beautiful is it, and to have that house in France? Well, it depends. You know, the it's image we paint. Work. Up, right. <laughs> Somebody's still got to wash all the dirty dishes in whatever house in the world it's things. in, and they've got to clean the house.
0: You still got to clean your room. Sorry. <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting as you talk, I think about, you know, where we've been very fortunate. And then during this pandemic, although we've had this shelter in place, we're surrounded by hiking trails and they've basically, you know, and we have a dog. So of course we have to take the dog out for the walk and you go on, you're allowed to go. We've always been allowed to go as long as you have access by foot or by bike, as long as you don't get in a car, you're able to, the trails were available to you. So what we have found in during the pandemic is that we have explored our own neighborhood, our own space. Normally we get in the car and go for, you know, drive somewhere to go for a hike when we hadn't even realized that there was beautiful hiking right in our neighborhood. The other piece was all of a sudden we actually have met all of our neighbors. Before everyone was so busy doing, just be, you know, doing, and now of course they're stuck so they're busy being. And, you know, when you when you pass on the road, because everyone's taking every opportunity they can to be outdoors, you're actually say, stopping and saying hello with your masks on, of course. But you're stopping right. and saying hello and and saying, oh, well, you live in the neighborhood? Where do you live? Oh, do you have kids? And who's here? And, you know, are you okay? Can we help you? And there's just this we're seeing the space that we're in with a completely different lens, and that has been such a gift from the pandemic, if if there is any. I mean, I think there are there are many gifts from it because it's it's forced us into a global pause and a reset. But that's a completely different conversation. Uh, we could go right. on to the, we- on that for hours. But I do think it's given us the opportunity to have fresh eyes on where we are and just being fully present to what we have.
1: Yes. To see the invisible,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the people that were, were not visible to us previously. Yeah. And those that were visible are much that were invisible, you know, whether that's the cashier at the store or uh-huh. the, the individual that's walking that we never acknowledged to say, Hey, let's grab a coffee one day. Yep. You know, there are so many people that live in invisible lives. They don't have family nearby. This, that's not their host country. They came in to start a grocery store and it's not even their host country where they own that grocery store and they have no network around them. I think we need to be more aware than ever that yes, we may be traveling, but there are other people around us that have problems oftentimes much much more serious than our own mm-hmm. if we would stop and see the invisible around us.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that I I, I really appreciate what well, both your your perspective, but also the work that you're doing, because it does help people make sure that they are not invisible. It sounds like you're really making an effort to make people feel heard and seen and cared for. And when you're sort of off as a nomad, particularly off by yourself as a nomad, it's very easy mm-hmm. to be that, that invisible person, sometimes intentionally. It goes to
1: the core. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> escaping something in their home country or just an introvert wanting to sit at their computer and, and work on their contracts. But you know, it goes to the core of our company. We're a social impact company.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We're looking to generate a lot of money to help the vulnerable, not as a token portion of, of corporate social responsibility. No, we exist to generate a lot of money to help those that are vulnerable to human trafficking. And, extreme poverty.
0: I love it. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's really, it's, it's amazing. We, unfortunately, we're coming close to it. We're actually gone over, but I, I'm just, it's been a fascinating conversation. So <laughs> let it go over. But I want to make sure folks can find you. And, and fortunately, you've got a very nice, easy name for people to find, which is insurednomads.com. And for those of you who are really interested, you can either go to the show notes, and there'll be information there for you to find it, or if you go to uh, Global Nomad Hacks slash resources, you'll also find a link to Insured Nomads there, because we are happy to be one of their affiliates and support their work. Just super excited about what you guys are doing. When are you going to do car insurance? I need that for my Jeep.
1: <laughs> oh, I can yeah. connect you to someone to help, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's on the country. That's a whole nother issue. I know. <laughs> yeah, Moving
0: cars across borders is not fun. Anyway, no, uh, we, we won't go yes. on that tangent, but it's been yeah. such a pleasure having you on the show today, Andrew. Thank you so much for calling in from far away. And we just appreciate your bringing the world a little bit closer and a little bit safer for all of us. So thank you. And thank you Global Nomads for joining us today. It has been a pleasure having you here. Thanks for sticking around. And if you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe. So you don't miss any of the great other episodes and check out some of our previous episodes because we've got some really cool ones out there. And if you really love the show, we always appreciate a rating and review. Don't forget to share it with us because we love to give you a little love back. Thank you for now and look forward to next time. Bye bye.